Would you please help me welcome Henry Walker? As she may have hinted, I have appeared here before. On a variety of occasions, uh, usually around the time of something to do with Dr. King, which I think is great. I've spoken on the, the Bill of Rights. I've spoken on the Patriot Act. I've spoken on uh, justice issues, social justice issues mostly. What I wanted to talk about this time, since it seems to be timely, uh, is I wanted to talk about the politics of race. But then something happened uh, a short while ago that changed everything. Uh, and a lot of people may not have even noticed, but most everybody here would have. Antonin Scalia died, the justice on the Supreme Court, and that changes everything. Because now it's a 4-4 progressive conservative. And he was the fellow that didn't believe that it didn't matter what the founding fathers said they meant or wrote about what they had written. He doesn't care. He just wants whatever is the literal words. Well, there's, there's, there's no uh, privacy. There's no discrimination, much less things that we badly need to talk about, like energy, insurance, health care, none of that's in the Constitution, so it didn't count. And we can change that. That's a lifetime change, certainly for the next generation. It's a huge, huge problem and issue. But then I got to thinking, musing about that, I started to think about our recent gubernatorial race. And I don't know how that happened, but we managed to get the best guy in. I don't know how that happened in Louisiana. <laughs> I, I know this fella, John Bell Edwards. His, his, uh, my dad went to West Point, as did he. And that sort of was an introductory thing. I've, I've gotten to meet with him several times when he was on the, had this much chance of winning. I gave him a copy, or I handed him a copy, of uh, the new Jim Crow that I've also spoken about here. And he said, I've already read it. I said, you're my man. But I talked to him recently, and he said, Henry, as you've read in the paper, this is a lot worse than we thought. We are teetering, teetering on the very, very razor edge of a complete financial collapse of this state. There are folks that I see in this congregation that know more about the extent of that nightmare, but we are really teetering. And in the meantime, we've had our credit rating drop again, which makes it harder to borrow money, etc. And then I got to thinking, oh Lord, we don't have any money left. What's going to happen to the things that, that people, most of the people, never think about and don't care about? How about our public defender system? Public defenders are, they, they handle, at least in Caddo Parish, probably easily 95% of the uh, criminal charges that are brought. 
Um, and think about that. That's for folks that don't have enough money to pay a lawyer. And I got to thinking about that. Who does? How many folks in this congregation can afford $400 an hour, which is what a lawyer is going to cost? Well, if the public defender system is in trouble, our justice system, that's unthinkable. Well, we got a brand new district attorney, thank God, in Caddo Parish. A really, really fine fella. First time I've ever said that about a prosecutor. <laughs> but we also got a new public defender, which was at least as important. So I called her up and I said, look, what, what, what's the deal? How, how bad is it? And she said, Henry, I'm almost in tears. I've had to start laying people off. And we have been cut badly. And, and I said, oh, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is Cattle Parish. Don't we still lock up more people than anywhere else on the planet per capita? Yes. And aren't those defendants heavily weighted with color? Most of them are people of color. And most of that segment of people of color are young black men arrested clearly for what they do not arrest young white men for. And that's the majority of the 95%. She said, well, I, I, we began to talk about, what does this mean? Well, if you can't, if your public defense system starts to go down, and I said, well, how bad is it? Is it? And she said, well, we thought it was bad before, and I just learned that we've been cut badly again. And also, the district attorney has been cut by 50%. Well, that's another nightmare, because if you have half the prosecutors that you should have, at a minimum, that means they're going to start rolling people through the system much faster because they don't have the horsepower to prosecute. And if they do that, then justice is even more blanked out. And I said, 50%, that's a lot. She said, well, they cut us by 61%. And that's why she's laying people off. And that's why our public defender system teeters on the edge of collapse. Now, if we have more people locked up than anywhere else, and now there's not going to be enough public defenders. There already aren't enough public defenders. They, right now, don't, before all this cut, they didn't, they couldn't represent people who were still in jail. Only if you got out on bond, that's all they could do. And now what's going to happen? Well, they're going to start at the bottom. And what's that mean? It's city court? Well, that's where they have a lot of really bad stuff. What if people are charged with a weapon? What if people were charged with, with assaulting a police officer? And worst of all, domestic violence. Are they going to start releasing people from the jail because of this tidal wave of new arrestees for whom there is no public defense available? What's going to happen? What's that mean? Lord. Well, if, if we, we try to persuade the legislature to, for God's sake, start cutting things that, that we can live with, but mostly raise taxes on, on liquor, on cigarettes, and they balk at that. So you'd rather cut public defense, and you understand what the word, does justice ever occur to you? Nope, never heard of it. They really don't. And so just when I thought... It couldn't get worse. 
it got worse. We've been cut by another almost half million. In the New York Times, last Friday week, the 19th, I think it was, a fellow named Derwin Bunton, you want to Google that when you go home, D-E-R-W-Y-N-B-U-N-T-O-N. Derwin Bunton is a friend of ours because Laurie and I kept a lot of people who were refugees from Katrina. And since he came down from New York, he didn't have any place to go, and he stayed with us. He's a hell of a good cook, by the way. Now he is the, he is the uh, director of the public defense system in Orleans Parish. And if you read that editorial, that was the lead editorial in the New York Times. It was so dramatic. And he pointed out, if you read it, it's going to make you cry. He said, we have, we in Louisiana spends two and a half billion dollars on the criminal justice system. Public defense gets 2%. And you, and you look at that and you can't, you can't stand that. You, you, and he said, well, we've had to start, we, we quit taking new cases a month ago. Quit taking new cases? Yeah, that means that people are now on waiting lists to get a lawyer? Hell, you mean waiting lists to get a lawyer? What about things that really matter? What about... What about crimes for which the penalty is life with no possibility of parole? You're going to be on a waiting list? Think about that for a while, and then think about the biggest horror of all. What about death penalty cases? We not only lead the, the country and the world in the number of people we lock up, but we also lead in the number of exonerations for wrongful conviction. And now people that are charged with crimes that are capital crimes, where we lead the whole country in the number of wrongful convictions in death penalty cases. And now they're going to have a waiting list? So they can't go out and, and, and help with finding witnesses because now the public defender has been so badly cut they don't have any investigators. And Derwin pointed out a case that just happened in New Orleans. You may have read about it where there was a big shooting during some festival. Several people were killed, 17 people were shot. The police arrested a fellow because they said that uh, there were witnesses that saw him pull the trigger on all that mayhem. And the mayor, who is otherwise a good guy, he called it an act of domestic terrorism. But the fella had a family who could afford to hire an investigator and that investigator went down to Houston and got the videotape from the store that showed that the accused and his girlfriend at the time of the crime in New Orleans were buying clothes at Dillard's in Houston. The charges were dropped. What would have happened if there were no investigator? If that fellow was being represented by the public defender system on a waiting list? You know, they recycle those tapes every two weeks or 10 days. And he most likely would have been convicted and spent the rest of his life in Angola Penitentiary. And he didn't do it. And you wonder how we have so many exonerations. Well, you try to figure, what can we save? How can we save money? Well, if you look in the paper today, interestingly, Tommy Arsenault is a good guy. He's a civil lawyer. 
but he's writing today about can we afford the death penalty. And I, you know, you say, fellas, when you're talking and you, to, to the representatives and senators, and you say, look, if you stop doing capital cases for one year, you would save $50 million. And then, in what I think is inappropriately backwards, the statistic, what if you stopped, I looked it up, what if you stopped prosecuting marijuana, for God's sake? Save $90 million a year. We would save more because they prosecute marijuana, $40 million more than they do murder. And we wonder why we are considered backward by most of the rest of the country. But thank God we have Arkansas and Mississippi and Texas surrounding us, so we'd be... <laughs> now, what we can do and what we really have to do, when you go home, look up Derwin Button in the New York Times on the 19th, but then on the internet you can find out who your representative and senators are and call them. And you don't have to scream and yell like I would. <laughs> if you notice in, the, um, in that article by Tommy Arson the other day, he said he had heard the luncheon last Wednesday when the lobbyist for the Dis District Attorney's Association was going to come talk about how public defender money should be spent. And he said it seemed, apparently, he wasn't there, that it sounded like it was a bit testy. Testy? I screamed at the guy. And I said, you are lying, you are misleading with your, sit down, I'm not going to sit down, you, and we almost went at it. Because my main objection was the judges who sit there and, and they're not even interested in justice, they want to roll these people through the system. And to some extent you can't blame them, I mean, the, the stack of, kick, and now there's no, there's no prosecution and there's no, that's not going to stop all the arrests. That's not going to stop crime. But you can call your representative and senators and you can tell them, look, guys, do something to save the public defender system. Surely we cannot prosecute marijuana for a year. Anybody going to die? Surely we cannot prosecute capital cases where we lead the whole country in exonerations for wrongful death cases. Surely we can do that. And you can tell them that. You can tell them, look, look around. But for God's sake, don't leave people with waiting lists to be represented by a lawyer. We've got to do this. Because if we don't, God help us. Thank you.